Amen. What a beautiful song talking about our true identity as uh, children of God. And uh, I can only imagine of all uh, the problems in this world uh, that would be solved if we all identified ourselves as uh, children of God. So a beautiful message there. So I've been enjoying uh, this warm weather uh, this past week. Raise your hand if you've enjoyed the nice weather this past week and been able to spend some good time outside. Uh, we got two hands up there from Reese. Uh, good to see Reese and Carla as well. Um, and uh, this past week, I believe we were able to play outside every day of the week uh, with Ezra. Um, a couple times throughout the day, he'll either grab our pants or shorts and drag us to the door because he wants to go outside. The kids, the kid loves playing outside. He loves uh, the outdoors. It's a lot of fun uh, to watch him uh, play out there. Uh, for Christmas, Ezra got a uh, water table from his grandparents, and we've been able to use that a couple of times uh, this past week as well because just as much as he loves the outdoors, he loves water. And so when you combine the water with the outdoors, uh, there's no better place for him at this time. Um, and so we've been able to FaceTime my parents uh, a couple of times while he's playing with the water table um, because, number one, it's just fun to watch him uh, play with the water table, splashing everybody. Uh, but then also, it, it brings my parents' delight uh, to see him play with the gift that they got him back in Christmas. We had to wait about half a year to get it out because the weather wasn't quite cooperating. But it's, but it's great now that the weather is cooperating that we're able to use that. As again, it's a joy for my parents to watch Ezra, their grandson, play with the gift that he gave them. As it's natural, when we receive gifts, it's natural that we use them. And you know, it's kind of rude. It's kind of rude when we receive a gift and we don't use it. When we may receive a sweater or a game or whatever, maybe decoration that we don't really like and we throw it away or whatever, that's kind of rude. That's not kind of, that is rude. If someone went out of their way to bless you with something, to bless you with that gift, and then you go and reject that gift, that's rude. I wouldn't recommend any of that. So I'm glad that we've been able to use the gift that Ezra got, uh, the water table, as it's just a joy for him. It's a joy for my parents to watch him play with that water table. And that ties in perfectly uh, with our message this morning because we're talking about using the gifts that God has given each and every one of us. As we continue our series on being a member of God's church, we first identified what God's church is. It's simply the people who belong to God, the group of people who belong to God. And we took a look at the history of the church and where the church currently is and where it's headed, ultimately the hope in the coming kingdom. And then we take a look at the expectations. If you want to be a member of this awesome group of people, the group of people that belong to God, there are expectations for each and every one of us, just like any other membership. And so this morning, as we talk about the expectations of being a member of God, the expectation that we are specifically going to cover today is discovering your spiritual gifts and using them, the gifts that God has given each and every one of us. And so we can read about this gift that God has given us in the book of 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, near the very back of your Bibles. 1 Peter chapter 4. In 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, again, Peter talks about um, the uh, gift that's been given to each and every one of us from God. And in chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, read, As each has received a gift, 
Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So Peter, he says that each has received a gift. And this is the, in the context of the church, the, pe- the group of people who belong to God. So within the people who devoted their lives to God, they each have been given a gift. And Peter commands each and every one of us who has received this gift, he commands us to what? To use it. To use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. As this is a gift from God, a gift that really ultimately, everything ultimately belongs to God, and we are just stewards. We're managers of these different possessions, these different gifts that we have access to today. And so we need to use this gift that has been given to each and every one of us. Why? Well, Peter tells us exactly in the latter half of verse 11. He says, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. So everyone has been given a gift within the church. We are to use it, and we ask why. It's because we bring glory to God when we use these gifts that he has given to us. That's what it all boils down to, these different gifts that God has blessed us with. When we use these gifts, it brings glory to God, to whom glory and dominion belong forever and ever. Amen. And so the question that we may ask this morning is, what is this gift? What is this gift that God has given everybody who is a part of this church? What is this gift that everybody who belongs to the church, we are to use to glorify God? Well, it's the same gift that uh, Peter talks about in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. We won't flip there, um, uh, but uh, the scripture reads behind me, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, what some people view as like the official birth of the church, the church of God, Peter delivers a rocking sermon that really cuts to the heart of the people. And the people ask, Peter, how are we to respond? You've given us this great message. How are we to respond to this great message? And in chapter 2, verse 38, that was Peter's response. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so this gift of the Holy Spirit is the same gift that's talked about here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Whereas everyone who is a part of God's church, they have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. They've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit if they have repented and have been baptized for the remission or for the forgiveness of their sins. So that's the gift that we're talking about this morning. The gift that God has given each and every one of us, members of God's church. And the Holy Spirit, it's simply the best way that we can simplify it. It's God's presence with us. 
You know, it's, it's kind of ironic this morning in our seminar, we're going through a seminar, going through our different uh, basic beliefs that we teach as a church. And this morning, we talked about none other than the Holy Spirit. So about half of us in this room, uh, we, we talked all about the Holy Spirit for about an hour. And so they can, just, they can explain uh, the Holy Spirit to you. But basically, again, it's just God's presence among us. It's God's presence with us as God fills us with his Holy Spirit. And so it appears as we are baptized, it it corresponds with the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Spirit corresponds with the baptism of water. You know, what we typically view as baptism. And so when God fills us with his presence, we have access to the gift of the Holy Spirit. And with the gift of the Holy Spirit comes different spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts that we can use to serve one another. And ultimately, remember, ultimately, we've been given these gifts and we use these gifts. Why? It's to give glory to God. And so Paul talks about extensively, talks about these gifts that are given through the Holy Spirit in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul goes on a long discourse talking about these different spiritual gifts that we all have access to if we've been, if we repent of our sins and if we've been baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. And so if you open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read in verse 1, it says, or Paul writes, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So here, Paul tells us, listen, guys, I do not want you to be uninformed. In other words, what I'm about to say is extremely important. Listen up, guys. Listen up, brothers. Listen up, sisters. What I'm about to say is extremely important. We have to understand the matters concerning the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what we get when God fills us with his spirit. And so Paul continues in verse 4, and he writes, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. So here what we learn as as Paul kind of starts his discourse on uh, the spiritual gifts or the gifts of the spirits, he says that, number one, there are a variety of gifts. There are a number of different gifts that God gives to uh, his church, but it's through the same spirit. So a number of gifts, but one spirit. At the same time, there are a variety of services. There's different ways in which we can serve, but it's all to the same Lord. And then finally, there are a variety of different activities that we can do, but it's all to the same God who empowers them all and everyone. So it's one spirit. It's the spirit of God being filled in each and every one of us. And when that takes place, we are filled with a variety of different gifts. Each of us, we have different gifts from God, from the Holy Spirit. But even though we have different gifts, even though we have different gifts from the same Spirit, we are serving the same Lord, and it all comes from the same God who empowers each and every one of us. And he continues in verse 7, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For the one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, 
and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one in the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills or as it wills. We, we talked about that pronoun uh, this morning, uh, as it wills. And so here we see Paul, he, he lists a number of the different gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit. Some of the ones that he mentioned are the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, healing, uh, the speaking of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and etc. So here he mentions that there's different gifts, but, each, but, but he says in verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills or as it wills. And so God, God gives us these different gifts individually. So we have different gifts. Someone might have the gift of wisdom. Someone else might have the gift of knowledge. And yet another person might have the gift of prophecy. But we have to understand this all comes from the Holy Spirit. This is not something that we are born with. These are not our natural abilities. These are not our natural talents that we've all been born with. I mean, my, my son has been born with the natural ability of just being awfully cute. I mean, he's born with that. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about the gift of just being the cutest baby in the world. I'm sorry, I'm biased. Um, uh, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about gifts specifically given through the Holy Spirit, so not everybody in the world has access to these gifts. Not everybody in the world has access to the gift of wisdom or knowledge or prophecy through the Holy Spirit. Only the people who have repented of their sins and have been baptized for the forgiveness of their sins. In other words, the church, God's church. These gifts of the Spirit are only accessible to God's church. And so we continue in, in verse 12, and it reads, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So Paul here, he says that we're all a part of one body. This is the body of Christ that he's talking about. The body of Christ is just another image uh, uh, talking about the church. So he's talking about the church. We are one church. We are one body. But yet, there are many members. And all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So we all come together as one, as one church, as one body, but yet... We all serve in different functions. We all are different members to that one body. Just like your body has a hand, your hand has a very specific um, job, responsibility, and purpose, and uh, your stomach, your belly digesting the food, your mouth talking, your brain speaking, your body has many different members, but it all composes of one body. And Paul says that we are just like that. We're just like that. We're one body, we're one church, but we have many different members who have different purposes, different gifts. And he continues in verse 14, talk about this image of the body. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should uh, say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, what would 
that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? And, and it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So Paul, he kind of went in more detail of this image of the church being the body, the body of Christ. And he says, there's one body, but many different members. The eye can't say to the ear, hey, I don't need you, because then you wouldn't be able to hear. The ear can't say to the nose that I don't need you, because then you wouldn't be able to smell. These different members, they all serve an important part. They all have an important purpose and duty in their lives, but they are all different but God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, so that there be one body. And so again, we all have different gifts. We all serve as a different member of this church, the, the, this body of Christ. But we all come together that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member of our body suffers, then let me tell you, we all suffer. If one member of our body is honored, let me tell you, we all rejoice together as one body, as one church. And Paul writes in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That you there, that's, uh, that's the plural second person. So really, uh, my southern uh, friends would say, y'all, Y'all are the body of Christ, or, or even yet all y'all, all y'all are the body of Christ, because y'all is only a couple people. When you talk about everybody, it's all y'all. I know, it doesn't make sense to me, but all y'all are part of the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, the miracles and gifts of healing, helping and administrating and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. So here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the, the, the most in-depth chapter about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts that God has given to each and every one of us as members of his church, as God has filled us with his spirit. And when we are filled with God's spirit, we have access to these different gifts. But we learn in, in chapter 12 here of 1 Corinthians 12, there's a lot of different gifts. There's a lot of different gifts. Gifts of wisdom and knowledge and the gift of, of being an apostle and teachers, miracles, and so forth. But we all, come to, we all come together with our different gifts that God has given us. And we come together as one body, as one church, as one now, all this information about spiritual gifts, it would be completely useless 
if we did not apply it to our lives. So as we learn to apply this information of the spirit of the gifts or the spiritual gifts or gifts of the spirit, however you want to talk about it, when we talk about these gifts of the spirit, first off, we have to understand that it appears we only have access to these gifts when we, when we repent of our sins and when we are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. And so if you're someone who has not been baptized, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to consider this great act of baptism as we have our sins washed away, as we have God's presence with us. God's presence is filled within each and every one of us. And so after we are baptized, so, so we're going kind of, uh, to kind of skip over uh, that step. So first, we need to be baptized. But after we've been baptized and have access to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we all need to do two things, two very important things. Number one, you have to discover your spiritual gifts. You have to discover how God has gifted you. And number two, we have to use those spiritual gifts. So discovering your spiritual gifts. Before you use your spiritual gifts, you kind of have to discover what your spiritual gifts are to begin with. I think of like Christmas when my parents gave Ezra that water table. We had no idea, or actually we, we did know. Ezra had no idea what it is. He probably, he probably still didn't know because he was just not that smart uh, six months ago. Um, but regardless, uh, it's because he's young. He was a baby. He didn't understand. Uh, I love my child. Um, but he, but when you don't know your gifts until you open them, until you discover them. And in the same exact sense, God has given us all a gift when we are filled with the Spirit. In the same exact sense, we need to discover it. We need to open it. We need to seek it out. And for some of us, that might be difficult. That might be difficult for us to discover which gift of the Spirit has God granted to us. Because again, we all have different gifts. God has gifted me differently that he's gifted Brenda, uh, Brenda and he's gifted Russ and, and, and Mike and so forth. We all have different gifts. And so that when we look through the scriptures, we, we have a list of spiritual gifts and we'll cover uh, these different spiritual gifts real briefly. There's 18 of them. And so as I read the, the, the list of these spiritual gifts, I encourage you guys to listen and think, hmm, is this how God has gifted me? Is this how God has gifted me through his spirit? Because there's something in here. There's something in this list that God personally has gifted you with, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of these spiritual gifts. And so in alphabetical order, the first gift is administration, the gift, uh, the, the great skill in planning, organizing, or supervising. Gift number two, being an apostle. Apostle simply means a person sent. So this one may be a little more tricky to find, but possibly someone who is sent to plant a new church or to go be a missionary in a foreign area, whatever it may be, someone who is sent to do God's work. Discernment, the ability to recognize if a teaching or behavior is of God or not. The gift of evangelism. The gift of being able to successfully share the gospel message with others. Exhortation, the, the, the ability, the gift to greatly encourage other people. The gift of faith, someone who has faith above and beyond the ordinary. The gift of giving, the gift of being extra generous with the ways in which God has blessed us with. The gift of healing, the ability to restore people. The gift of helps 
someone who is great at helping others fulfill their mission and purpose, a great supporter, a great uh, aid, and, and, and whatever your mission or purpose is, the gift of hospitality, the gift of making people feel extra welcome to church or home or whatever it may be, the gift of knowledge, the gift of really understanding and coming to grips with God's word, the gift of leadership, someone who is able to direct a group of Christians, the gift of mercy, someone who has extreme compassion and grace on others and can really empathize with someone when they're going through a trial or tribulation, the gift of prophecy, the gift of being able to speak God's word to a group of people, the gift of serving, the ability to see a task that needs done and getting the job done, the gift of speaking in tongues and interpreting tongues, the ability to speak or interpret a foreign language that you have not learned before. This one's a bit of a controversial one, as some wonder, wonder whether or not it still applies to today. Um, it's not our discussion for today. Um, next, the gift of teaching, sometimes known as shepherding, the skill to effectively teach God's word to others. And then finally, wisdom, the gift of deciding between right and wrong. And so these are all the different spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. We only read one passage on the spiritual gifts, but it's, it's kind of spread throughout, it's dispersed throughout uh, the New Testament, these different gifts that we have access to when God fills us with his spirit. And so which one of these out of this long list, which did God gift you with? Because I'm telling you right now, if you repented of your sins and if you've been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, you have access you have access to these gifts, and God has gifted you with one of these awesome gifts that nobody else outside of the church has access to. That's incredible. God is empowering you today. Now, for some of us, we may struggle uh, to discover as which gifts or gift God has blessed us with. I'm going to tell you, this is something that I struggled for a while. But there's a couple of steps that we can take to, to help us discover which gifts God has blessed us with. Four steps that we'll talk about. Number one is pray. Pray to God to open your eye to the ways in which he has gifted you. Because again, I'm telling you, if you've repented of your sins and if you've been forgiven for the remission of forgiveness of your sins, you have a gift. You have a spiritual gift. And pray to God to open your eyes. He's the one who gave you that gift. He's the one who can open your eyes to the gift that he has empowered you with. So that's step number one. Step number two, you can take a spiritual gift test or inventory. Raise your hand if you've taken a test or inventory either online or on paper, whatever it may be. Yeah, they're, they're, they're somewhat common. They're, there's a handful of people who uh, compose these different surveys to help people discover which spiritual gift they have access to. It's very similar to a personality test if you've ever taken a personality test. And so if you're trying to discover which, per, which spiritual gifts you have, possibly go Google spiritual gift test or inventory, and you'll find a, a handful of different options to choose from. I will say these can only be so effective and accurate as they can only ask you so many questions. They, they aren't witnessing your life and ministry in person. But yet, it can get us on the right track of getting an idea of what possibly might be our gifts that God has empowered us with. So that's step number two, a spiritual gift test or inventory. Step number three, ask your Christian friends. Sometimes it's, it, it's hidden to you, but sometimes it is so obvious to your friends what your gift is. I think sometimes there's some people in here where the gift of hospitality, it is so obvious. 
Some people, their gift of knowledge is obvious. Some people, their, their, their gift of wisdom, it's obvious. And so if you don't know what your personal spiritual gift is, then ask the, the people sitting around you. Ask them what they think your spiritual gift is. Because sometimes all we need is another set of eyes to help us discover what um, our, our gifts are in life. And finally, step number four to help us discover what our spiritual gifts are is trial and error. Trial and error. Sometimes what it takes is you just have to go and you have to get out and serve. You have to serve God. You have to go out and serve his church in various forms and various ways. And before long, you will find out how God has blessed you, how God has empowered you through his Holy Spirit. So get out there and try it out. Try teaching. Try inviting people over to your house. Try whatever it may be. Trial and error it can be a great method in discovering your spiritual gifts. So pray about it. Spiritual gift test or inventory. Ask your Christian friends and trial and error. Those are four ways in which we can discover the ways in which God has empowered us that, again, nobody outside of God's church has access to. That's cool. That's cool. You're special. You are empowered. And I hope you see that value. And I hope you see that power that you have, the influence that you have today with God's spirit, God's presence living within you. And so then after you've discovered your spiritual gifts, then you have to use your spiritual gifts. It'd be no use if you discovered your spiritual gift if you didn't put it into practice. So the same it's the same principle of using a gift that your parents have given you, whatever it may be. We need to use the gifts in which God has given each and every one of us. As just like my parents want to watch Ezra play in his water table, God wants to watch you use the gifts that he has given you. You know, the Bible talks about how we can bring sorrow to God. God, was, God, his heart was broken when he saw the people in the time of Noah. But at the same time, we can bring God joy. We can bring God joy when he sees us using the gifts that he has given us. I think we can put a smile on God's face. That is empowering. We can do that by using these different gifts. God's church has a lot, a lot of work to be done. The harvest is plentiful. And there are a number of different ways in which God could have accomplished all the work to be done. God himself could have just done it. He could have spoken it into existence. That is well within his power and authority. God could have assigned his angels to do his work within the church. But instead, God has chosen you. God has chosen you to do his work. Whatever his reason, his reason is far above ours. Whatever his reason, he has chosen us to do his work, and we need to fulfill that purpose. We need to fulfill that work as God has gifted us, he's blessed us, he's empowered us to do exactly that. And so we need to understand that attaining these spiritual gifts, they are not the end goal. They're simply the road, they're simply the gateway to what? To giving God glory. That's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11. In order that we may glorify God through Christ Jesus. And so when we discover these gifts, when we use these gifts in our lives, we bring glory to God. 
These are all tools, all gifts. One is not greater than the other. One is not more important than the other, but they're all used to give glory to God. And so there's many opportunities within the church. There's many opportunities within North Hills Church specifically in which we can use and, and, and minister to these different areas by using our gifts because God has gifted you differently than I. Praise God. If we were all gifted like I, this church would be an unorganized mess. He's not gifted me uh, with the gift of administration, uh, unfortunately. Um, But we all have our different gifts. We all serve in our different functions. We have our different purposes. We are all different members of one body. So get out there and go serve God, serve his church, serve your brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you do that, you are giving glory to God. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Father God, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for each of the individual gifts of the Spirit. Father, I pray that everyone here uh, can discover ways in which you have gifted us personally. Father, I pray for each and every one of us that once we have discovered these different gifts, that that ultimately we use them for your glory, that we can advance your kingdom here on earth. Father, we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.